And this here is just like the crapper, man. Bat guano crazy. Film twits. Ding. would make one of those bat guana crazy cars that they Marijuana? What? The concept what? cars that all car manufacturers make that are just bat guano crazy. Bat guano crazy. Yes. Yeah, he's trying not to say something else. Yeah. What do you oh, mean? Oh, I see. That's a phrase. I, I recognize that. Cars that are crazy? Have you never seen a concept car? Yeah, they're no. wild and out of this world and yes. just like basically they look like Lamborghinis. Oh, okay, I got <laughs> Lamborghinis are the only manufacturer of this size. Let's not make a concept. Let's just make it. Were you, I just, you. Were you pondering okay. concept cars on the toilet? Oh uh, no, this there was, just a, came out there of was a car magazine sitting on oh. your thing. Oh, yeah, I'm not a and car it just guy me in mind at it. all. I don't know anything about cars. So. Let me teach you a little thing about cars. Okay, what's up? They have wheels. Okay. That go round and round. Like the bus? Round and round. Okay. Round and round. I thought Brandon Do they said have that was wipers? bad. Some of them. Do the wipers go swish, swish, swish? Some of them. Do people sit on the cars? They usually sit <laughs> in, in the, the cars. cars. <laughs> you really don't know anything about cars. <laughs> I told you. Do, Every Do now the and then people in the baby. cars go up and down? Sometimes. Up and down. I think they go and round down. and round. Oh, wait, no, that's <laughs> the wheels. Some cars, Sorry. Some cars have babies that go wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, those are the cars we wow, don't talk wow, about. Wow. Not mine anymore. Didn't Brandon say that was bad? What? The the mic thing. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> so you do it anyway. But it feels good. <sighs> so, that was weird. But yeah, I was as I was telling Brandon Dave, this year has really sucked as for movies. <clears throat> movies, there has not been a lot of good movies out this year. And yet, at all, very soon, Doctor Sleep will be hitting Dr. our theaters. Doctor Sleep, I hope is so. We'll I, hope I am very much good. looking forward to that. I'm. We should go see it together. We should do that. Maybe even sit in the same theater. Yes, I think so. The only thing that concerns me from the trailer is how it's too reliant on the, the Shining. Yeah, like it's not. It doesn't look like a horror movie, except for the one little jump scare shot when there was a, an extra person in his tiny bed. I kind of feel it'll be but more of like other a than that. It's like with the lady um, mm-hmm. going after them. It seems more like a weird. What's her name by thriller. the way? She is so cute. She's from mm. the new Mission Impossible movies. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Rebecca yes. Ferguson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very beautiful lady. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she won't ever hear this, but. Just in case you are, Rebecca, you're attractive. <laughs> All right, let's get going. I think you're truly outrageous, just like Jim. Thank you. Who's Jim? Uh, the the uh, cartoon, the old cartoon from the 80s, Jim and the Jim, Jim Stones or whatever. Even Brandon's looking at you strangely. He's from the same country as you. <laughs> I'm sorry, like dude. Car- I have, I have no idea okay. what reference it's at okay. all. It's okay. I'll show you later. Okay. All right, let's get going. Should we? So how yes. how do we want to start this? He's going to do an intro that goes something along the lines of film twits. Ding. Well, that's already recorded. That's, yeah, I was about oh, to say. He, he does you don't do it recording. fresh every time? No. no why not? No, it came out so well the first time. I just reuse it. Okay. Are you going to... Yeah, I can. Are you going to joke What do you want me to say? Whatever you want. Whatever I want? Okay. Come here, my pretty. No. Okay. 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's your old pal, the Joker, here with the film twits. <laughs> and uh, he, he just left. Uh, the Joker just ran out of the studio. So Well, that was okay. fortunate. That was creepy. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of scary. He just I wasn't like, sure ran I was in the that. door. And jumped on my microphone, like just like knocked me out of the out of the seat, and just made an intro and ran out of the studio. That was the weirdest wow. thing. It's a good thing Anyways. none of us had crossed him because otherwise we wouldn't have made it out of the right out of our. Seats. Well, it's the Joker. We don't know what he would have done. He might have laughed or he might have shot us in the face. Well, I know exactly what he would have done. What? What's that? If we'd crossed him. Oh, if we'd crossed him. Oh, true. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we are the Film Twits. Uh, I'm Brandon, and I've got Caleb and Dave with me, and we're talking about the Hello. Joker tonight. I know this movie's been out um, almost a week, a now. week now, yeah. But some of us didn't see it early or uh, at the beginning. These two, and more than likely, this thing's not going to get edited and uploaded for another couple of weeks. No, anyway. no, I'm determined. This is going up right away. All right. Well, well, if my computer. You can take that works. to the bank, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. This is going up soon. So that when, is a Brandon Lingle when guarantee. When you're listening to this brand new upload on November second, oh, about a month old movie. Sorry, it's my fault. Merry Christmas, everyone! It's the Joker. <laughs> Did everybody have a nice New Year's? Oh, it was lovely. It was lovely. Mazel tov all around. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways. What did we think Joker. of this movie? Was this a good movie? Um, well, I believe we all have different opinions on it. What? What? We never, we that, never have different opinions. That's never happened at the film twits. Um, when we were sitting there, and I actually said this out loud in the movie, and then I immediately was ashamed of myself for speaking out loud in the movie. As soon as it started with the old Warner Brothers logo. That was pretty cool. It kind of immediately got me... Uh, I don't know, right in the mood. Into the, like, if the atmosphere and everything, yeah. the feeling. Yeah. yeah, I love it when movies kind of grab you right off the bat in that way, with with the feel of the movie. I felt that whole you know? opening scene immediately got you into mm-hmm. the, the atmosphere of the movie. It was oh, yeah, so off-putting, sure. um, but also so engaging because of how it was shot and acted by Joaquin Phoenix. You know, let's talk about that for a second, because... You're watching him, he's putting on his makeup and he's looking in the mirror and he's he puts his fingers in his mouth and he makes himself smile and frown and all that. Like, are we... Obviously, he's already kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But... Are we, are we going full spoilers, by the way? Or are we... Oh, oh, by the way, spoiler warning. <laughs> he puts okay. his fingers in his mouth at the beginning. Okay. Spoilers. <laughs> Just checking. But yeah, this, this episode Just is going to be I don't full anybody, uh, of spoilers. You know, get, a, so. yes. get a mad um, at us. Yeah, this is for people that have already seen it. But anyways, yeah, okay. I was I'm watching this scene um expecting like some kind of like specific clues as mm-hmm. to what he is like right now and what's going on in his head. Like what was he why was he making his finger smile and frown? I think it's not so much the frown. I think it's that he is a horribly broken person when we get to meet him at the beginning he's not reached the pinnacle to where he's you know finally cracked but he's cracking because of how he has um been treated his throughout his whole entire life he's been abused he's been he has mental issues um and the film makes this very evident 
And I just feel that was his, his, uh, external way of trying to, as looking at himself in the mirror, he's trying to show that he can, he's trying to make himself happy. That's basically what I'm yeah. trying to say. And, uh, when he takes his fingers out of his mouth and immediately frowns, you can tell that it's a very shallow, um, mirage. Right. It's, it's not something that is true. He's horribly, horribly depressed and sad and broken. And you see that as the movie goes on. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and he even says to his mom way later in the hospital that he's never been happy, Mm -hmm. uh, any minute of his life. Exactly. He tells his therapist that he only has bad thoughts. You know, so. Something else about this movie. I always, personally, a clue to me or a sign that a movie is good is if the next day, I spend a lot of the day thinking about it. It keep it pops up in my mm-hmm. head throughout the day mm-hmm. and I ponder different things about it. That tells me that it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, or that it was an impactful movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, good or bad, I guess. But the yeah. movie did its job by sticking with you mm-hmm. um, and making you ponder the next day. I've been mm-hmm. thinking about it ever since I saw it. Yeah, same here. Dave so. didn't like it. <laughs> There's a surprise Jump to everybody right who has ever listened to our podcast. You two like something, and I don't. And Vikaverka. Well, you you didn't like I've been saying Endgame that wrong at the beginning. <laughs> you didn't like Endgame when we saw it the first time, but the second time you saw it, you did like it. Yeah. Because it took you more time to figure out, you know, what the movie was saying and, the you know, all the other stuff with it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to state just themes, but sometimes, like, when you see a movie for the first time, you're only looking at... I'm I'm not saying you, I'm just saying in people in general, you're only looking at the themes or how the movie made you feel. It's very subjective. But when you go and see it the second time or third time or however many times you see it again, you start to see the different, like the writing or the, you know, the objective things, the things that you can't really put your feelings into to show that it was good, you know, and I want to clarify because I've said this a couple of times throughout our different um, our different episodes. When I say subjective, subjective means that it is based entirely on your feelings and how a piece of art, whether that's film, TV, comics, art, whatever, made you feel. But objectivity is about when it co- when it comes to film specifically, it's the writing. Because the writing is not something that you can just be like, oh, well, that I feel like that was good. The writing is concrete. It's there. And like in the case of The Last Jedi, the writing is abysmal and makes no sense at all with the lore, with the uh, the world that they've set up through the other six movies and in the universe that they set up with the past movie either. So anyways, whenever I say that, that's what I'm talking about. So, anyways, I love, side fa- over. I love the fact that the Last Jedi has become our kicking stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's become I our think, beating stick. Of I bad think movies. that we should do a whole episode about the Last Jedi I, before I before nine comes out. 
Do we need to waste that time? Just to say how horrible it is. I think we should. But anybody who's... How many episodes have we put out now? Because that's as many episodes that we talked about how bad that movie is at some (laughs) point. We haven't talked about it every episode. Uh... But anyways, getting getting back to Joker. um, What what were you saying, Dave? I didn't have a chance to say anything. (laughs) That's true. I completely cut you off. I'm sorry. Uh, Yes, Brandon said I didn't like it and you told me I was wrong. I need to watch it a second time. Well, that's how you that perceive is what it, happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, subjectively, I hated the movie. Now, what do you mean subjectively? <laughs> oh gosh, here I, we go again. <laughs> no, I'm emotionally kidding. continue. Mm-hmm. And and personally, on a moral level, mm-hmm. I hated the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was repugnant, and it offended me. Which is why when it had finished and we were talking about it, I left mm-hmm. the movie theater. I, I hated it. Absolutely he was mad, it. Caleb. Oh, really? Um, I felt bad for dragging him. Oh, wow. Objectively, it is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Leave it at that. It is a good movie. It is very well cast. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly well written, well filmed, well timed. I just hate the material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a, but just personally, I hate the material and I think it's repugnant. And I think it predominantly comes down to... And there are lots of movies with evil characters. Mm-hmm. Lots of movies with evil characters. Let's talk about Heath Ledger. That are protagonists. Let's talk about Heath Ledger as oh, the Joker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Terrible character. Mm-hmm. But he is juxtaposed with Batman. Mm-hmm. And you are not supposed to be on the side of the Joker. You had never, ever supposed to have been on the side of the Joker. But this was written as somebody with mental deficiency. So already he's not the Joker we know because he has no high IQ. Mm -hmm. We know where he's come from and who he is and what his struggles are. So he's already changed the character. Mm -hmm. And he finds meaning. You'd mentioned at the beginning that he he hasn't cracked yet. Mm -hmm. I don't think he cracks. I think he finds meaning in murdering lots of people. And he is a celebrity because of it. The crowning glory is him standing on top of the cop... Sorry, spoilers. Standing Mm -hmm. on top of the cop car, surrounded by a city of people chanting his name. Right. And as the opening sequence was him trying to pull at his mouth, making himself smile, he smiles whilst covering his mouth in his own blood. Yeah. Forcing the smile. So... And there's no... But there's no antithesis. There is no light to his darkness. His darkness is the light in the movie. And it's a movie made for entertainment. I just, I find that morally repugnant. I have, uh, I have a problem personally with so it. So here's mm. one of my questions about it. And, and first off, I would call it, um, oh crap, what did you just say? Morally repugnant. No, 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 right before that. Crowning glory. No, 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 before that. Cock Because you said something about it being entertaining. <laughs> it was made for entertainment. So, I, one, I would argue i if entertainment means ooh this was fun and i enjoyed it i don't think the movie was made for entertainment i think it was made to i don't know say something to have a mm-hmm. message or to sh- you know mm-hmm. whatever um but also one of the questions i have is um oh man i forgot this too oh uh Yes, it's it's all about him. he's the main character 
and we're wa- we feel bad for him because we're watching the bad luck that he has and the things that happen to him and he's not right in the head and that's not his fault and all this stuff happened we feel bad for him but does that mean that we are happy with him at the end i personally don't think that's what the movie is doing yes the crowd is cheering him but it's already been made very clear that this crowd is a bunch of ruffians they are not Mm -hmm. good guys either so just because they are cheering and just because he is happy that doesn't mean we, the viewers, are supposed to be cheering and happy mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, you know? I agree. It's, sympathy doesn't mean you agree. Right. You feel bad for him, but you don't agree. You don't see him as the victor, as a good guy. Right. And especially, like, as the film went on, like, I felt, I felt, I sympathized with Arthur through most of the film. But once he finally, you know, was taking his final steps to becoming the Joker. I was, I mean, I wasn't, I was watching the film. He was a protagonist, but I didn't, I didn't sympathize with him. I didn't agree with him. I just was watching the film. Yeah. And mainly I was watching the performance. I feel like the film is more of a character study than it is like a political message. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's some sprinkled in there. There's stuff about, you know, the mental health um, organizations that are around today and back in the 80s, um, how we need to do a better job of taking care of our mental um, mental health and people that deal with mental health issues. I feel like it had a little bit to say about class warfare with the rich and the poor, but that was never the focus. That was in the background, I felt. The main thing was watching this character and watching him change with his surroundings and society and how those things change him. But I never felt, I agree with Brandon, I never felt like we were supposed to be agging him on and be cheering for him the whole time. I wish I knew for me, maybe I'll have to eventually rewatch it and figure this out. I wish I knew at what point my the sympathy I was feeling changed. Because yeah, the first very large chunk of the movie... You like I kind of forgot who the ultimate character was that I was watching. I kind of forgot that I'm watching Batman's bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just watching this guy. Um, and man, I mean, at least the first half of the movie, I am so glued to the screen because um, you're just I don't know you're feeling for him. But there was I don't know exactly when it happened, but at some point. Um, the first... I realized that it had changed for me. Yeah. I'm no longer, now I'm just watching, whoa, what path yeah. is this creepy guy going down? Exactly. It, was, it was not so much. The first moment that I, I was um, like taken back and like, oh, okay, I'm reminded who this guy is, is eventually going to be and who he is, is when he not killed the first two guys on the subway train because... I would say that that was self-defense. They were right. they were about to beat him to death. Yeah. It's when he killed the last guy because he he went he he like tracked him down. Yeah. Like literally the second when you re- when the guy got out of the train mm-hmm. and then you see Arthur last second as the door closed, he squeezes mm-hmm. out of the train. Like that very second you realize, "Oh, that was that was mm-hmm. the wrong decision, Arthur." Yeah, exactly. He was gone. You he had go. started to make conscious decisions. And I mean, you talked about this. He said it 
uh, no, wait, you didn't talk about this. Uh, when he's in Arkham later on in the movie trying to find his mother's files, that uh, the clerk, he tells the clerk guy, you know, I, you know, I've, I've, he, what did he say? He said something like, I want to feel bad about these bad things that I've done, but I don't. I'm finally yeah. realizing that I just need to let the madness out or something like that is what he said. And, you know, once once he killed that that Wall Street guy, tracked him down in cold blood and then goes, you know, runs out of there to get away from any, you know, onlookers and goes in that bathroom stall and just starts dancing. Yeah. He finally has something that I guess the best word would be like catharsis um, to society constantly beating him down. Um, that's the moment when I personally was like, OK, I'm starting to see I, I was like I said, I was reminded who this guy is. Yeah. Can and we it, talk like about it wasn't scene? about sympathy anymore. Yeah, basically. So let's talk about that bathroom scene. Uh, unless you had something you wanted to add, Dave. It was completely improvised, too, by the way. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I knew... Well, anyway, I was reading about it today. Um, yeah, the original plan for that scene was he goes in there and, like, like threw the gun away, and he washed the stuff off his face, and he was looking at the mirror, like, asking himself out loud, what did I just do? And he was feeling mm -hmm. like, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, when they were filming, or when it was the day to film that scene, both... Joaquin Phoenix and the director felt like that that didn't fit his character um, mm -hmm. that you know that they had built during the movie and so hmm. the director was like hey I got this piece of the music which was odd for a movie because normally the score comes after but they had already had the woman uh, write the music mm -hmm. so um, it was only the actor and the direct director in the bathroom and uh they played that one piece and Joaquin Phoenix just kind of did his own thing mm -hmm. and did the dance. And, uh, so yeah, it turned into like, that was his way of like, I don't know, I guess embracing it and mm -hmm. starting to change and emerge as the Joker. Uh, I've read some people say that that's the scene where he became Joker I think that I, I would that. say that's where he started. That was the to choose to initial, go down there. Like, but I, I don't think he was fully turn. Joker at that point. No, I don't think so either. But I also, I think that they could have done it the way that they wanted to do it. I don't know. At he, the time, he's maybe? not. An, he's never throughout the rest of the movie. He's not an introspective mm -hmm. character. He doesn't right. ask himself why or anything like that. Yeah. The only question he asks is why am I not accepted. That was pretty early in the movie, though, um, when he when he did that. So I mean, I I personally I I the, could see him them them going have gone that way. Well, I think the dance I think the dance makes more sense is mm -hmm. in that he's now found a release mm -hmm. um, in in this wanton act of violence. Mm -hmm. He has defended himself, and then he has taken control for himself. Yeah. But I don't necessarily agree that's when he becomes Joker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think there are multiple stages to it, with the final one being that realization of if he is this person, he is now accepted and adored, mm -hmm. which is something he's never had before. Right. Yeah. But they're not, I mean, they're not really 
praising him, they're praising his concept. Because in their eyes, in the people's eyes, the poor's eyes, he's taking, he's doing what they want to do. Take out their frustration and anger mm -hmm. on the rich and powerful. You know, so it's not, and, and he, because of his, illness and issues he doesn't recognize that he's just oh they love me well exactly for who i am and it's like that's not that's not the thing but as i mean i'm sure as if we kept seeing his life continue past where the film ended we would see you know him becoming the joker that we know with the villains and the you know all that stuff you know i have a theory and i had this theory from a few weeks ago mm -hmm. uh, obviously before even seeing the movie um i don't think that this character ends up being the joker that fights batman i think that um that we very likely saw the end of his story hmm. and Later on down the road, when Batman has grown up and he's Batman, whoever it is that's Joker was inspired by this guy. That's an interesting because there's a huge age, there's a huge age yeah. gap between oh, the yeah. Bruce the Bruce Wayne in this movie and yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is in his forties, oh, yeah, fifties, and sure. it kind of makes it nice and neat because you know with the whole we've never known Joker's name, we've never mm -hmm. known his history because yeah. I hate well, that. Possibly we still don't because this right. is some other guy. Yeah, because um, and there. They've said multiple times from what I've read that they don't plan on doing a sequel, which I, I don't I hope think they don't. Would, would be a good idea. I don't want them to. Um, Neither do I. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously. Well, at least well, we agree on that. Yeah. Uh, hey, can we talk about other theories? Sh sure. Like, this is your podcast, yeah. dude. Hey, as the uh, leader of this podcast, I declare we will now talk about theories about this movie yes, no I vote, I vote no oh, no we shouldn't do All right. that no 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 he said we have to dave we need to bow down oh, and listen sorry, to master, master brandon um so i don't know i guess first off what uh, what do you guys think happened at the end of the movie see i don't know i've i've read multiple theories i've i've read that and it's interesting because he was when he was setting up his interview on the talk show, mm -hmm. he was planning to kill himself. Right. We saw that. So some people are thinking that everything past the talk show is all in his head before he pulls the trigger. Well, that's um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How that... I don't know why. None of the, the, the crash, him killing Maury, the, um, the riot in the street, and... Bruce's parents, that none of that actually happens. Interesting. Hang on, can Mari? Murray, the Wasn't talk show name? host. Murray? Oh, Murray. Murray. Murray, okay. Um, real quick, remember. real quick. I, I loved the... They had built up his shooting himself like through mm -hmm. multiple scenes for a mm -hmm. long time. Mm -hmm. And... Like my for me, like the tension was pretty high when he finally yeah. got on the stage, and you're like, "Oh man, what's he gonna do?" And then it got to the point where he, where he asked him, "Do you want to tell a joke?" And you're going, "Oh, yeah. oh man, this is exactly how he imagined mm -hmm. it." The I last like I, I hour, like how I was on the edge of my seat because it was the tension was at a maximum yeah. height. See, I didn't. I assumed he was going to get, kill the talk show host the whole way through. 
Oh yeah. Hmm. Well, because every time he's he's practicing and running through how he's going to tell this joke and mm-hmm. shoot himself in mm-hmm. the face, he's always in control. It's always going the way he expects it to in his head. And as yeah. soon as he gets on the talk show, nothing goes the way he expected because there's another person involved in the conversation. Mm. And he loses True. his mind yeah. with anger and shoots the guy in the head. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I never expected him to shoot. Him, which, so I, I not understood that theory of it was all in his head anyway. I just took it at face value. He, what I thought was very funny... Very funny. Ha ha. <laughs> this was not a funny movie, Dave. People <laughs> like you that laughed in this movie um, um, understand. All the way through the movie, he was asked why he was laughing. Mm-hmm. And he always made an excuse that he has got a mental mm-hmm. deficiency. Until mental the very, issues, very yeah. last scene where he's asked why he's laughing. And he just says, I got a joke. Mm-hmm. You're going to get it. Did you see what the director said about that? No. That laugh in that scene at the end is the only time in the entire movie that it was his natural laugh. Every other time, he's either fake laughing, mm-hmm. the real high-pitched, because he's trying to fit in or whatever, because, oh, this is Joker. Oh, you're saying that. the Joker, or not walking. The Joker. Okay. No, the Joker. I got you. Or it's a scene where it's, it's uncontrollable, he can't help it. But that last scene when she asked him, and he said, it's a joke I'm thinking of, uh, that's the only time in the whole movie that you see him laugh for real. Whatever that means. Wow. And then he commits murder. My... And we all just go, well, that was an interesting thing. I don't know if I see this as an actual... Or or if I have this as an actual theory. I just... I thought this in the moment at the end there. Because when they're sitting there in the hospital and she's interviewing him... um, I remembered earlier on in the movie when he was talking to his mom, there was a real quick shot of him banging his head against a door in a hospital. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, was there any other reference to him having spent time in a hospital prior no. to the events of the movie? No, there wasn't a reference to it. I don't think it so. doesn't mean he hasn't, though, so, because he's on medication for various different mental things. Right. Wait, so does, talking to a psychiatrist at the beginning of the movie, doesn't she say something about, do you know why you got out or you came back or something? I can't remember. I can't remember either. I'd have to watch it again. Because... It made me wonder how much of the... Because also, there were a couple times in the movie where you watch stuff play out, and then you find out it was all in his head. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think some amount of what we see in the movie is in his head, but they didn't tell us that that was the case. Mm-hmm. Kind of American Psycho style. So, like, Possibly, is it yeah. all... Way, like, the entire movie was in his head? Was it just like what you said, where it's just those final things that mm-hmm. were in his head? Um, And it does, if I remember right, when he says that he's thinking of a joke, then we flip back and we see a quick shot of young Bruce standing over his dead parents. Mm-hmm. Is he... Are they showing us that that's the mental image in his head that he's laughing at? Because if so, he wasn't in that alley. He didn't see Bruce's no, parents. No, I don't think it's the initial act. I think it's he's laughing at the insanity of it all because, I mean, it's kind of meta knowledge. It's not something that he would know mm-hmm. at the time, but it's like he knows that because of that act, he's tied to him. For the rest of How eternity. does he even know what happened to Bruce's parents, though? Eh, that's what see, I'm saying. I, I, see, I don't think he does. I, I saw a cool theory today on Twitter. I think that was more for the theater than for 
Po- that that was my first thought in the theater. But mm-hmm. later when I was thinking about it, I'm not sure. But I saw a theory on Twitter <laughs> today where somebody said um, that, yeah, it's all, at least all the, you know, the end of the movie is in his head. And this is set in a... Actually, I twisted this into my own theory. This movie is set in a world where there is no Batman. Hmm. Um, but... Sad world. As he, like, after this movie ends, as he continues for years in this mental hospital, his uh, fake world inside his head, that young boy, who he also imagined in his head, grows up to become this made-up character called the Batman Mm. in Arthur's head. That's a pretty interesting theory, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I'll be honest, this was, out of all the... And this is just an aside, but it's similar. It's related to what we're talking about. This is probably my least favorite, um, least impactful, I guess I would say, portrayal of the Wayne's murder. And it's it's for a reason. It's because it's not it's not focused on. It's like a quick. It's like oh yeah, boom boom, done. Bruce doesn't even give like uh, a a very convincing. Like, oh, wow, they're dead. He's just, like, kind of shocked. Yeah. But it's very stoic. Yeah. Um, well, it's just to, I think it's just actually kind of there. fits the character more so. But he's a kid, so he would be crying over his parents. I think it's just placed there to remind you that it's set in Gotham, yeah. Gotham City, not New York City. Exactly. Because if, if they don't do that, you'll forget. Because <clears throat> it is, like, right. is very much New York City. So... The that last scene you were talking about just a minute ago with the psychiatrist at the end it mm. mirrors very closely his his very first scene with his psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. The scene opens with him laughing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she just moves on past his mm-hmm. his thing to to working through the things. And this this psychiatrist at the very end almost asks exactly the same question. She's Isn't also the a, same lady? She's also a, a black no. woman. No, it's a different woman. No. She's also no, a black woman. She's similar okay. looking. Yes. And that that also, I'm like, is that supposed to be a clue that the psychiatrist earlier on is in his head? Possibly. Because he was influenced by this real one in the hospital? I think you're taking it too far. I think he's too deep. I, I, I mean, so look, you, take, but, you take it all at face value that everything that we saw at the end w- was actually happening? Sure, why not? I mean, I kind of feel the same, you know? honestly. I mean, but... the, the opening psychiatrist scene is in a dingy, gray, mm-hmm. government building office. Yeah. She's a woman who is dressed in a dingy, gray, government worker suit, asking banal questions, not listening to the answer. And the end of the movie... dingy, gray questions. And in, in the movie, at the end of the movie, it's a stark, white, mm-hmm. sterile room with a woman wearing a stark white sterile outfit asking mm-hmm. the same banal sterile questions and he's yeah. he has now discovered himself that he finds meaning in doing what he does mm-hmm. and i think he's laughing at the irony of how far he's come and yet he's sitting in exactly the same situation mm-hmm. and so she asks what's mm-hmm. so funny and he's like You'll get it. And I think there's meaning in that you're going to get it. No, he said he, he says, won't get it. Is it? No, he said, he said, I was thinking of something funny. Don't worry, you'll get it. Oh, yeah, I thought he said, don't worry, you wouldn't get it. Oh, you wouldn't get it? Yeah. yeah. Like, it was something, like, because throughout the movie, he's trying to make people laugh. He's mm-hmm. trying to tell jokes. And then after he's, like you said, his self-realization, he's like, I don't need to tell jokes. I you mm, wouldn't get maybe. it. Whatever. He doesn't need to. It's something himself. in my head. I don't. But, need but to other than that wording, though, I 
I like everything you just said, though. That yeah. was a cool explanation. How does that feel, Brandon? I like that. It's, <laughs> I, I love little bookends in movies. Like earlier, you mentioned uh, that opening scene with his fingers in his mouth, and at the end, he uses his fingers to spread his blood to mm-hmm. make his mm-hmm. smile. Um, yeah. and, he's cool... actually, and he's actually smiling when he does it as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and like so so those are two different bookends in this movie. That's like awesome. Like I said, the, the movie is very cleverly put together. Mm-hmm. I just hate it. Mm-hmm. You think it's written well? It's written very well. And Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. if, I mean, if he doesn't walk away with the Oscar for his performance, oh, well, it's a travesty. We, can, we was, can talk about that. He was minute. phenomenal in it. Truly believable. Mm-hmm. Which makes it even more disturbing. Because mm-hmm. there's no comic aspect to this movie. There is no... This is a DC Comics mm-hmm. aspect to it. It is, you are watching a, gra- a glamorized documentary about real world issues with no light at the end of the tunnel. I Here, let me, yeah. let, me cur- let me do something incredibly horrific, and then I'll have you laughing less than 60 seconds later. I, I do agree with that, because you pointed troubling. out the other night, there were several examples, like when he bashed his friend's face in, and then we're immediately laughing at how he treats the short guy. There was a couple scenes. There was a few scenes like that. Yeah, that where was it's a pretty terrible, disturbing. terrible thing happens. There was and people then there's laughing at my theater, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah. uh, and yet, and yet, excuse me, and I, I know this is offensive, but everyone was crying when nine eleven happened mm-hmm. for weeks. Yeah, True. when when the guy in in Las Vegas was shooting down on people, and yet we're entertained. Mm-hmm. By the concept of someone killing someone with a pair of scissors and smashing their head in, and then right. we laugh at the midget who can't. Yeah, and door. and see, and that that's troubling. And so I share your well, frustration with that because what I like about this movie is what it is, you know, among other things, what it is saying about mental health and how people treat people who are suffering with mental health and mm-hmm. uh, government programs, whatever. It's it it has a very serious message to tell. But it's ruined with a joke that did not belong in that scene. So that that I do agree with. If that's the point, does it do a good job of highlighting the problems with society and mental health? I would argue, no, it doesn't. They could have done it It lightens it up. And so you you don't leave the theater going, man, that guy's life was sucked. We got to make sure we do better for real people because that was really realistic. I don't know if I I don't agree with that, though, because we are talking about it. I think that the audience laughed at it, but I don't think it was an intentionally funny scene. It's a very disturbing yes. scene, and it's a it's a scene that is very Joker. That is something that and yeah, I'm I'm the DC guy. It's okay. Um, that is something that the Joker would do in the comics. He would kill someone and then immediately like make a joke and let the other person go. Um. This one I felt it was more uh I mean to some small slight degree a little more sympathetic because he told the guy he said you were the one that was always having my back. Mm. So <laughs> which is ironic cuz he didn't. He was just saying you're the one who wasn't mean to me. It's like yeah, that's cuz the guy was a midget and was picked on by everybody else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I I didn't feel it was intentional personally. Um, I feel that, and I think that happens a lot with people in cinema is like when something is really disturbing or really just like, you don't know what else to do. Sometimes you nervous laugh. That's just what happens. But I don't personally 
myself, this is my opinion. I don't think that it was intentionally funny. There was really, really the way not a lot in here that was intentionally funny. What? The, the fact that midget couldn't reach the door lock. That was intentional. Yeah, but uh, but to me, it wasn't ha-ha funny. It was, okay, is is the Joker messing with him? Is he actually going to let yeah, him go? Because exactly. then he comes it, over and he doesn't... He made me like, chain. what right, is going to happen? You're nervous. Like, I wasn't laughing Because then at he all. opened the door, and then he slowly closed it again and said, let me ask you a question, whatever he said. Yeah. And you, so it just continued the tensity of... Ooh, what, tensity? Is that a word? Intensity. It's ten, the tension... Of what's going on? To me, it wasn't haha funny. It was more like what Caleb's saying, like a twisted in yeah. Joker's. I, so, for the people in your movie theater, do you think it was nervous tension at their laughter? Well, I don't know them personally, so I don't. I can't really answer that. Because I don't. I mean, there were good people in our movie theater, and I think that was a that was a belly laugh. They thought that was hilarious. There wasn't a lot of people laughing. No, there wasn't it, a lot. I would say it was a very small number that seemed like a genuine laugh. There was a couple that were kind of like a like a light snit, like should I laugh out loud? I kind of want to. It and was a little mixed to me. And that's like how I feel about the whole film. There's, it's I I don't think that like I said earlier before I don't think that this was a film that was trying to highlight hey you need to be like this guy. This is the yeah. This is the epitome of, of the kind of character that you need to be. You need to act like this guy and do this thing. I think it was a cautionary tale. It's like, yeah. this is what's going to happen if we don't help these people. And, and a good example of that is um, his joke in his book that said um, something like the problem with I having hope, a mental illness. I, yeah, illness he said, is that I hope that I... No, I hope not that, that my one. life oh, not, not that, that one. one. It said the problem with having a mental illness is that people expect you to act like you don't or something oh, oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I, he said. I think that and they showed it a couple times because I think they're making the point um you know, now that you've been watching this guy's life and you sympathize with him, that was kind of like pointing a finger at us saying, "See, there are people around you." Mhm. That are dealing with stuff, you need to take it seriously and treat them differently. You need to treat them like humans and mm-hmm. treat them with sympathy and kindness. And so to me, that goes against the idea that they were making him a hero. Mm-hmm. You know? See, and I don't read that in the movie at all. Mm. I, I, I don't think... If, if that was the point, mm-hmm. I don't think the movie did a good job at all. Of highlighting that this is a problem you need to take care of him. Because there was no ramification to it. He he got away with it and he was loved by the city. Mm-hmm. So He was loved by that crowd. He was loved by that, which was the city. Yeah, he was, it was made up of the city. The city being burned down. Every and, single person in the city. Gotham All city. I saw was men. <laughs> Brandon's trying to skirt past it. Well, so actually, we can. Yeah, that that brings up another point with uh, how this movie relates to our real world. We like to talk about that for a minute. Um, I don't know. Do we? <laughs> I mean, we don't have to. No, no, no. What do you saying, What do you want to say? This is the film twist, not the society twist. Well, I'm just I'm blown away by how this movie has had. For the past month now, since it premiered at um, Toronto International Film Festival, how it was praised and loved, and now because of 
you know, the mass media and um, mainstream media, I'm sorry, and um, the social justice warriors out there. It's now being torted as this film that's going to cause shootings and mass riots and all this stuff. And I just I just don't agree with that. Like these people are looking at it just like things in the past to where they've said this piece of art is going to cause someone to, you know, go crazy and do acts of violence. And I just, I don't agree with that. I don't think for the most part that that's going to happen. I it's just think, movie. I think it's overblown. It's a movie. And I mean, there's a lot I want to say about it, but one quick one is if, if somebody watches a movie and then they go do something like shoot up a place or something, uh, is that the movie's fault, or is well, that something have, already wrong with that person? Do they have mental issues, in which case we can't, you know, we should be okay with them doing it, right? What? That's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> no, I'm not, I know that's not what you're saying. I'm saying that's kind of what the movie's that's saying. That's not what the movie's saying. I, yeah, I don't agree with that. That's all right. <laughs> I'm okay with you not agreeing with me. <laughs> so do you, do you think that the movie is is portrayed that way? That you think they've made it to where... People going to see it are going to start no. shooting people up and no, I think people I think people are fairly decent mm-hmm. on their own. Mm-hmm. I think you get a group of people together, they become like mindless idiots, and and, yeah. and and the gloves are off. Right. I think society as a whole is whack job. Yeah. And I, I think that. that what you just said is nail on the head with regards to social media and the media at large people are allowing themselves to be guided by the thoughts and opinions of of the market makers. Nobody right. thinks for themselves. The reason I went to go and see this movie is because I knew nothing about it other than it was a movie about Joker mm-hmm. and people were, were hyped for it. Mm-hmm. And the little things that friends had told me. I never like spoilers in movies. And there are some movies that I'm going to avoid social media for in mm-hmm. Totalis, the ones I'm really jacked for, you know, jazzed for, like, right. you know, like uh, Star Wars or not the most recent Star Wars, obviously, <laughs> um, but Star Wars or, um, you know, uh, Marvel movies mm-hmm. or James Bond movies. I'm going to avoid social media. But for the most part, I'm not going to go on the internet and look for anything. I'm not going to read about it. Mm-hmm. I want to go and watch a movie and be surprised by what it is or be horrified by what it is and form my own opinions of what it is. And I think that people in general, with regards to multiple facets of life, if we're just talking about society in general, whether it be politics or movies or, you know, family issues or whatever it is, people would be better served by taking a step away from being told what to think about something Mm -hmm. and engaging their own thoughts on it before seeing what other people think about it. You just yeah. made one of my main points. One of the problems I, I have had agree. for the last couple of weeks is that very thing. That there have been articles written. I want to say all, some Christian articles, but I don't want to single that out. There, there were articles written by people that hadn't even seen the movie. Mm-hmm. But they heard that there's this controversy mm-hmm. about this movie that glorifies Joker. And so they were putting out all these articles... To warn people about seeing this movie that glorifies a killer. And a lot of people 
grabbed onto that, mm-hmm. informed their opinion based on that article mm-hmm. without even seeing the movie. Well, the mainstream that... media has said that the FBI has, has come out and said that there's going to be shootings. So there have been, I know of three at least, uh, theater chains that have said we're not going to show the movie mm-hmm. because of what these mainstream media articles are saying. It's like, uh, and people not going to see the movie. I mean, it made a lot of money over the weekend, so it's not like nobody's going to see it. It was a smash hit, but it's like, yeah, it's just like people are so uh, swayed by what the the media tells them. And, and now, um, you know, the social justice warriors are saying that the movie is inspiring, um, is, is, is a, an incel movie. And what incel is, is... <laughs> I heard about this the other day. Oh, you did? Okay. So <laughs> I, I learned so this an incel, I learned, I learned what incel is. This is like a word that's never been used before until like Joker. But basically an incel, um, for those who don't, you know, are not on the internet and everything, incel is an involuntary celibate is the name, is, is, is the thing. So these are people who are involuntarily celibate see dave you're sympathizing with arthur because of that they uh they are very angry i guess i don't really know i'm not the best person to ask you should you should google it they're they're angry at all of us good looking people yeah (laughs) oh man we're gonna be really controversial but anyways so like the social justice warriors and like the mainstream media are saying that this movie is about incel which it's not joker is not an incel that is the craziest thing I've um, and That's that, crazier than the Joker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, so there are going to be incel, like, mass shootings and stuff like that. And it's just like, what are you but talking yeah, about? You they they concentrate on that he's a, a straight white male, and that's where they go to. Have you, you've heard of a self-fulfilling prophecy? Yeah. If, if the sheeple out mm-hmm. there continue to listen to garbage mm-hmm. put out by media mm-hmm. that tells them what to think mm-hmm. there will be things like mass shootings oh yeah because go people go well it's bound to happen i may as well be the one who gets the limelight exactly especially when people that do the acts are put up, like are shown more and their names put out there more than the victims. We're really getting off the so- the topic. I know, I know. Well, I'm no, sorry. I think it goes along with it. I'm hey, okay, saying. so uh, another theory. Oh, okay. this one takes place outside of the movie. Theory though. time with Brandon. All right, so the other time, the other day. Oh, theory time with Brandon. Uh, that's going to be a new mini show. Okay, um, great. You know, I'm talking like to Dave it. about. Uh, this was before we saw the movie. And I was mm-hmm. talking about all the controversy surrounding this movie. And then I stopped and I said, I hate the word controversy. I don't even normally use it. Because the media and others, I think, have so overused this word. Mm-hmm. They, th- It's a buzzword. They, they include the word controversy in their title or in their story to catch your attention and make you go, Ooh, what's this controversy? So you read their story. And then I was like, oh, snap. Oh, what if you just got rid of half of everything? Wh- oh no! <laughs> oh, Brandon, that's cut our viewership by like three percent. What? <laughs> what if this? I don't feel so good, guys. <laughs> what if this? I so go. this is important. I go. This is important. Sorry, theory time. Infinity what if War, so this good. so-called controversy 
was in fact made up by Warner Brothers as a um, what you call it, like a, a sales technique, a stunt. Yeah, that doesn't surprise eh, me. Or it be the even first. if it even if it had started elsewhere, but they saw it and they grabbed hold of it. Here is a piece of evidence to back myself up. Okay. The other day. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was the guest on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and I only watched this clip for Joaquin Phoenix, not for Jimmy Kimmel, because he is unfunny and I don't like him. I thought you were about to say Jimmy Fallon, I was like, and, of course uh, you're watching Jimmy Fallon. Joaquin Phoenix is kind of awkward, but as the interview he's goes, he's, he's starting to warm up and it's getting a little comfy, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, uh, Jimmy Kimmel goes, well, the director sent me this behind-the-scenes clip of you getting angry at somebody, and you immediately see Joaquin's face, like, his smile goes away, and he's got a worried look on his face. And I'm like, come on, Jimmy Kimmel, what are you doing? And he plays this clip. Did you guys see this? No, but you told me about it. Um, oh, I did? Yeah. Well, don't listen. We hang out. So, um, it's this <laughs> clip of a scene in the movie that they're filming, trying to film, and uh, but Joaquin is sitting there, and he keep, he's whispering under his breath. He's yelling at somebody named Larry. He's so ticked off because, Larry, you keep whispering in my ear, and you're calling me Cher and all this, and I can't concentrate. And he's getting more and more mad, and finally, and he's dropping the F-bomb like crazy. And finally, he storms off of the, uh, for the set. And then the clip ends. Nobody in the crowd left. And Joaquin is, like, so uncomfortable. And he's like, oh, man... I have to apologize. That wasn't supposed to be seen, and movies can be tense sometimes. And Jimmy Kimmel doesn't know what to do. He's like, oh, crap, I just screwed up. This was supposed to be funny. And I'm like, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel, you are not funny. Learn your lesson. Wow. Okay. So Joaquin explains that this was was Lawrence, the cinematographer, and he was being annoying and whispering in his ear. But he apologized publicly, Mm -hmm. and he felt so bad. So I finished watching the clip, and I'm feeling terrible for Joaquin. Then you find out a couple days later, this was all a prank played on us. That was staged. Everybody was in on it. Lawrence is the one that told us the other day that this was all staged. And I'm like, dadgummit, Joaquin Phoenix, you did it again. Because he does this type of stuff all the time. I mean, it makes sense. He, like, five or six years ago, he told everybody he was going to quit acting. Yeah. And he did it to make a documentary. Yeah. Who was the guy on Taxi? The um, uh, Robert De Niro? No, 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 no. The guy who played the, the, the show. The oh, show. Oh, Taxi. Back in the... Uh-huh. Whenever. I and, have no idea. Uh, I don't watch shows. It. And, like, in... Uh, in real life, like he started boxing and he was like boxing women. And Jim Carrey did a movie, Man on the Man on the Moon. I haven't seen it. Oh, oh man! Well, everybody, the the three of you listening know who I'm talking about. <laughs> he would he would play these characters in real life like all the time. You oh. never knew what you were. Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. You never oh, knew. Oh, Andy Kaufman. Yeah. yeah. You, why yeah. do you say taxi? Yeah. I'm t- you never knew so you're saying, if he was being serious you're or not. That Joaquin, Joaquin is Phoenix to is that. our Andy Kaufman. So oh, okay. after all of this came out, I was like, you know what? That's the kind of thing that these guys that made this movie do. And it the point of this gigantic boring story is that made me think this whole Controversy, because then they were like, "We're not gonna let media on the red carpet," and the media's going, "What? How do you do that?" And this is unprecedented. It was all for publicity, of course. Mm. It was all fake. 
It's all money, they were money, playing money, money, a Joker money. joke on us. I mean, it makes sense. It wouldn't, and then again, it goes back to you know, form your own opinions. Don't let other people tell you what's going on. You know, what I'm I think some of it has to do with the studio, probably, possibly, as a because man, I mean, scam. look at their look at their but ticket I think, sales. I do think that a lot of it is the is the social justice, um, uh, you know, mainstream media. I think because they grabbed hold of it. Well, yeah, and then they turned it to their agenda. Yeah. Because it's, like I said, it's based on that he's a straight white male. Yeah. And that is dangerous. And we all know that straight white males are the uh, biggest devil. threat to They're the, devil. the world. It's a good thing we're not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Dave's in complete else? silence. I'm a straight white male. <laughs> And I don't apologize for it. You know why? Yeah, neither do I. Because I can't apologize for it. I was born a white male, and I happen to be a proclivity of being straight. Dave, My bad. How how dare you, Dave? I, I know, I know. I associate myself as a giraffe. I need to okay? apologize for being English, too, apparently. You do. The English are terrible. They <clears throat> took over America, and then we got it back, because we're awesome. Let me ask another question. If... If we haven't answered this already, we, we may have. probably have. How does this no, movie and the question of, you know, the fact that it's centered on... Get your hand off my hand. <laughs> centered on a bad guy. Uh-huh. How does it differ from other movies that did the same thing, like John Wick or... Um, well, John Wick you could kind of say Thanos uh, in Infinity War, or kind of, or yeah, shows guess. like Breaking Bad or uh, The Blacklist. Eh, maybe not so much The Blacklist. I'd say it's He's... more or less the same. I mean, depending on the kind of traits that those characters have. Why? Why is Joker getting all of this attention for it when it's not even close to the first time that we've had a movie like this? Why is now it's a big deal? I'm looking at you, Dave. Oh, because I know the because I know all the answers. Uh, no, well, because so. this movie yeah, bothered Thanos, you for that reason. So Thanos why don't other and John Wick? Which other ones did you mention? Breaking Bad. Breaking That's Bad. A I've, show. Never, I've never seen that, so I can't even talk. about I know it's about a guy who gets cancer, and so he decides to make money by making crystal. What about uh, like Tony Soprano? I've never seen The Sopranos either. Michael Corleone. From from Godfather, I hated that movie. Um, I know, I know. But you Godfather. hated it because it was boring. Yeah, I hated it because um, I was bored. I was just bored. But no, like John Wick. Okay, he is yeah. a master assassin whose bullets never run out and can take on over a hundred mil in a time. And oh, so, hold on, hang on. There are videos showing that his bullet count is accurate. Okay, continue. Thank you. Who takes on? The bad guy, Russian mafia, or whatever it is, because they killed his dog. Yeah. Ah, so you sympathize with this well, bad guy and you cheer him as he kills I mean, hundreds changed. of guys. I, I agree with Dave. He has. I haven't made my point yet. He has, you know, gone <laughs> through that process and he's not is... a straight up villain anymore. He's an antihero. And I that's that's what I'm. Okay, so. But is he. The point that I was going to make <laughs> with John Wick is. It's a fanciful, stupid scenario. And it's not written in a way that is in any way, shape, or form realistic. Mm, some of it, I'd say, is. Okay. His bullet count is very realistic. There you go. Oh, okay. Gosh. Thank so, you, Brandon. So that's great. The fact he wears, clo the the fact he wears clothes out in society is, is realistic. 
Okay. I'm only part of this, mem- this super secret assassin society where they've got a hotel where they'll give him don't, bitcoins. Whatever. No, don't but, get so focused on my specific examples. No, but my, my point being... Assassins. Why is Joker... This isn't the first time. What's the Marquis de Sa- the Marquis de Sade made a really controversial movie, which got him locked up in jail back in the sixties, I think, called Nine Days of Sodom. I've never even heard of this. Oh. It's it's as far libertarian as you can possibly get, oh, and wow. with the name, it is exactly as the name implies. I don't oh. care to watch that one either. No, I've never even heard of it. Wow, it's gr- it's grotesque for the for the for the purpose of of being grotesque. What about what about Human Centipede? Where's the rage about that what? movie? There definitely should be. <laughs> what well, about that, okay, that, the okay. fact that the science behind it is completely <laughs> how, how about something ridiculous? <laughs> how about something that's serious? What, that's what I'm saying. What is, about Goodfellas? Ah, uh, Goodfellas. I'm trying to remember that. That's with um with, with the guy with too De Niro much eye, eye makeup. Right? Ray Based Leona on the the, and, uh, the cartoon in Animaniacs right? yeah. when they'd have the three birds. It was what? based on that. That's yeah. good the good the good feathers. I'm so confused by what's happening. <laughs> have I missed so much TV no, it's fine. culture it's fine. or something? It's fine. But yeah, Goodfellas, where it's centering around Ray Liotta, right. Joe Pesci, and Robert De Niro. They are all gangsters. That's right. But they're the main characters, especially Ray Liotta. So I'm I'm sorry. I'm. What's your point? What's the question? I don't know. Brandon had a point. Should why that is there no outrage? Get the same outrage that Joker has got. Sure, let's dig it out of the archives and be outraged. My Did, was point it not is, out, was there no outrage it back is in the day? Unfair. It's a good question. If we're going to judge movies about like this, then we need to judge all movies that are like this. Well, that's for another podcast. <laughs> I mean that's 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 an entire conversation. But that's but a pretty big. Conversation. What was the out when it was released? What were people saying there? Was there outrage? I don't, I don't know, know. Maybe it was in the nineties. I was too young to watch it when it came out. What about Kylo Ren? My argument is falling apart. No, it's not a. You've asked a legitimate question. Oh, uh, but is Kylo Ren will eventually turn around. I don't think so. <laughs> well, here no. Here's the point on that. Kylo Ren can be as bad as you want him to be. He could be Joker bad. There is the good. In that movie as well. The counterpoint to it, the yin and the yang, the balance. There was no balance <gasps> in the Joker movie. Oh, mm. I just realized something. Either the society was the good thing, because that's the counterpoint to the Joker, or the mm. Joker was the good thing. And that's terrifying to think of, that the Joker is the good thing in that movie. You know what? Hey, check this out. Because one thing that... I'm going sorry. to be... Well, you can say. I was going to say, one question you'd asked me before is like, Heath Ledger's Joker killed a lot more people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, he did. And you're never supposed to sympathize no, or be on his side. That, Batman is the yin to the yang, or the yang to the yin. Whatever, but you that do point, laugh at his jokes, and you do it's think It's also that more comical. My point <laughs> with Ledger's more kills is that that's been one of the specific complaints about Joker is the violence. But when you watch the movie, even though the violence that's in it is pretty violent... There's not a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So I was making the, the point it, that that's a bad complaint about this movie. Is it, There's is plenty it the of other realism and the graphic. There's tons of realistic, of violence. violent movies. Well, no, I'm just talking about Heath Ledger argument there. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got... That was the whole stuff. thing about the Dark Knight trilogy. It's so gritty in real life and this could actually happen. This is in our world. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, kind of. It's, but it's a lot less personal, don't you think? Yeah. <sighs> You know, Gosh. not as I would say the word would be gritty. 
It's not as gritty. That's another word I hate. It's been well, because so I mean, the, in, in the Joker story. movies, the, his his kills were very personal. Well, barring the three at the beginning, the mm-hmm. the coming out murders, if you will. Yeah. You know, the one where he kills the guy in his apartment mm-hmm. is is. I mean, that was a, that was like a Family Guy episode with how long. Well, it that was, went on for it was you know, revenge. It's very personal, and then the personal killing. The way he killed his mom there was are very people, slow and personal. There are yeah. people right now yelling at their car stereos because they know what I'm saying and they're trying to smack some sense into you too because you're and there totally are also missing my point. And there are people yelling at their car radios who agree with Dave. And no, maybe. No, that never happens. <laughs> that uh, never never happens. say never. Hey, I will, I will say, say this though. I, I realized this while you were talking just now because um, I was thinking about something else. I don't remember what you said. Um, no, I'm just kidding. What you were saying made me think of it. I am going to, for the sake of fairness, make it an argument that lines up with yours. Because I realized something. I don't like when they make a story that... Maleficent, recent example. Uh, where that's they a Maleficent take, movie. Where they take okay. an old story, okay. they take an old story that had a classic good guy, classic bad guy, but now they want to tell a new story that just gives the backstory of the bad guy. And I don't typically like those because my, up until now, my response has traditionally been, why in the world do we need a backstory for the bad guy? It doesn't matter. The point of the story was there's good and there's bad and they fight. It helps blur the lines and justifies the bad guy a little bit. So, huh? It helps to blur the lines and justify the bad guy. Exactly. And so you could make that argument. With this movie, I don't know right now as I'm saying this, I don't know for me what makes it different with the Joker. I guess maybe the same stuff, the realness of it, with the realness of his mental illness and our real life, you know, response to it. I think I guess that makes it different. But as far as it being a movie that makes a main character out of the bad guy, um, I definitely see the complaint in that. I understand. Mm -hmm. I can see the complaint. We, yeah, we need to wrap up. Well, just to wrap up, I would yeah. say that, that my least favorite thing about all of it is that it stole my favorite things about the Joker, which is that you can't put your hands around why he's doing what he's doing, and you don't know where he's from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are my two favorite things about the yeah. Joker of all time, is that he's a complete antithesis of the order and peace that, that Batman wants, mm. and you have no idea where he comes from. How, how did he get to be where he... The fact that they explain, oh, he's not a genius. He's not a genius chaos guy. He's just a mentally handicapped dude. You know, sort of yeah. a mentally handicapped. He's a mentally deficient psychopathic guy who just found his meaning yeah. in killing... I mean, 89 did me. the same to some degree. He was a gangster and right. Batman created him, but, yeah. you know. Because, yeah. yeah, you know what? Talking about different Jokers, I, that's a really good point. Uh, you could say Heath Ledger's was a better... Uh, character not just the mystery of him but yeah he he was smart and he was calculating and mm-hmm. um, he was he was all the cool i mean you know suicide squad he's just a, a whack job gangster ugh, too many know, jack nicholson just a whack job gangster i really loved heath ledger's joker because they didn't even try and give him any backstory yeah. or any motive or reason in fact they even voice um that he's through Alfred that he just wants to watch the world burn. There's no means or motive behind it. It's like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's classic Joker. That's, that's wonderful. 
Um, hey, for everybody who is listening, all three of you, thanks for sticking this out. <laughs> Guarantee you, next uh, the next episode, it's going to be a lot more laughing involved. Which is ironic, considering we've been talking about the Joker. I know. A character who loves the This has been a so serious conversation. Why so serious? But yeah, and, and I mean, it's all, you know, we all have our different opinions. I don't mean with my opinions to squash anybody's differing views. Um, I do. Uh, but, you know, these are, I don't know, it's good. It's good that we're talking. If you could say anything about this movie, I think that it's good that it has started all these conversations. No, it's good to conversate and it's good to yeah. debate things. And it's good to have conversation yeah. about stuff. You know what else is good? Catching us on all social media platforms like Twitter hey. and Instagram and Facebook and are we, YouTube. Are we on Instagram? And we are on Instagram. Yes. And Eventually. Snapchat and... No, we're not. The Loop. And, and we're going to be on YouTube. Fiverr. So anyways, yeah, Face on, Mellow we're Mushroom. On Fiverr. Only, only $5 will beat your Film Twits podcast. Facebook and Twitter. Film Twits. Yeah. Let us know and what Instagram. you think. Um, and... Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Other stuff if there's something you want us, to, you talk want us about, to talk about, if you think you'd be entertained by our inanity and our banal conversation, uh, let us know. Yeah. Because more often than not, we're like, what are we going to talk about next time? So send us your ideas and... Uh, yeah, stay in touch with us. Yeah. We like to discuss things, like I just said. So talk, send us a thing on Facebook. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe not. No, we will. Just have to see. Yeah. In fact, whoever sends us uh, a topic idea first, we will do the very first one that you say, no matter what it is, as long as it's not Mark Peterson. I Ooh. don't think that's a good idea. I think it's a fantastic idea. Let's okay. do it. We'll do yes, it. Yes, Brandon's on my right side. Now. Democracy at work! As long as it fits our rules. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.